This is Creative Impact, 89.1 WEMU's exclusive segment that showcases the artists, creative people, businesses, and organization that make Washtenaw County a great place to create, live, work, learn, play, and visit. I'm Deb Pollack, President and CEO of Creative Washtenaw, and your host. So one of the top 10 reasons to embrace and participate in art and creativity is that it strengthens our mental health. To paraphrase the National Institute of Health, Thousands of years ago, people were practicing and dependent on the arts for self-expression, healing, and communication. It took until the 1940s for art therapy to become a formalized curriculum, and that was then before the medical profession started to embrace it. Since then, many psychologists and therapists have incorporated the arts into their healing practices. Dr. Mary Spence is one of them. We are pleased to welcome Mary, who, it must be said, received her master's degree here at Eastern Michigan University before getting her doctorate in clinical psychology at Wayne State. Mary, welcome to Creative Impact. Thank you very much, Deb. It's always great to have a fellow EMU graduate with us. Um, So you've been practicing as a clinical psychologist for decades, Um, but looking back at your time at Eastern and Wayne State when you were a student, was art therapy taught or encouraged when you were in school? Uh, There were programs that people could sort of have as an offshoot of that, but not really as a, a profession that was really recognized, no. And I think the arts in general, that no people didn't have a good sense of that. Uh, back in, you know, this would have been in like the early 80s when I was getting my initial training. Okay. But you did start using art and creativity. Um, What caused you to do that? Well, this is an interesting story just in terms of my own, you know, uh, iteration or how I got there. I didn't start out in psychology. I was very interested in psychology. My father was an artist and we used to have, but he also had this very strong interest in psychology. I, I have old books of his from the 1930s wow. and 40s about this sort of blend, right? So I, I, you know, blame it a little bit on my dad. He got me on this curious track. But I started out as a theater major, and I did uh, a lot of children's theater. Um, for a couple of years, I was part of a university program where we sort of have like an observatory kind of approach where we perform and and in the second term but the first term would be all about our preparation and I took fencing classes and voice classes and all sorts of things and we did a lot of things in the creative dramatics realm aka if you know wild swans old approach sure, you sure. Know, now that they're no longer right and um so and I've worked with the the principals of wild swan and we developed a curriculum um along with Connie Huber who was certainly the principal person in facilitating that work for folks with autism around what's called theory of mind, which is just basically a, a more sophisticated and in-depth way of thinking about perspective taking. So well, I always sort of had this bent, and I was sort of a double major between psychology and theater, and ultimately my undergraduate degree was, in, was a BA in communication, so it allowed me to sort of blend those two things as a double major. And it never left me, you know. I, I always had this sort of sense of how much creativity and an openness to Thinking about things in an expansive way was very relevant to mental health. And so you you naturally brought those two things together and, and started incorporating in your practice. When did you start to think that, you know, maybe the rest of the field was starting to catch up with where you were? <laughs> Probably always, actually. <laughs> I, was, I was always a little bit of a cynic about the more traditional or skeptic, perhaps that's a better way to say it, um, about traditional programs in psychology. And I noticed 
for myself how different uh, my own perspective was from other people who had sort of said, I'm doing this straight and narrow thing called I want to be a psychologist. Um, as I thought about, you know, things that we were exposed to in terms of psychopathology, or I was reading like Thomas Zaz around the myth of mental illness. Now, I don't ascribe to that particularly, but I was really open to the idea of how do we conceptualize well-being and how do we work with that in the context of also helping people who really suffer with major mental health disorders. Awesome. 89.1 WEMU's Creative Impact continues with clinical psychologist Dr. Mary Spence. We are talking about the use of art and creativity in mental health practices. So, Mary, you're in private practice now, but worked previously with the Ann Arbor Public Schools and held other positions. In your experience, does age make a difference in how art therapy benefits your clients? Sure. Uh, just in terms of the, the contrast of that, um, school psychologist jobs, even though everyone wish it were different, um, often are relegated to sort of the boilerplate things that need to be done to comply with the law around special education and making sure students that have disabilities get access to additional support and services. So my job was very much in that vein when I worked for Ann Arbor Schools. However, that said, um, we got very interested in the work around mindfulness, which is um, again, sort of exploded as a term people know, but not necessarily everyone has the same operational definition. But clearly creativity is an aspect of that work, that openness and spaciousness around thinking about how things could be different. Um, and that's huge in the work that I do um, in my private practice. So one of the reasons I retired was, one, I'm old, <laughs> and two, and two, I really love the work of helping people find a way to recreate their story. I know children rarely ever object to the idea of getting their hands dirty, getting creative, telling stories, you know, playing with paint and all that stuff. But adults, we they, they get caught up in that fact that, you know, I'm not an artist and, and, you know, I'm not creative. How do you break through that as a psychologist? Um, mostly, again, it depends on the age of the client. I actually do see people from, uh, my youngest is usually around five, and right now I have folks um, that are close to 80. Um, but lots of us come with judgment. I've always liked that Picasso quote that goes something like, you know, every child's an artist. It's not until later that you find out, like, all the judgment and, like, I'm not good at that. Right. And so, you know, that is a huge piece of sort of the work of, like, be really comfortable with whatever it is. And also some of the mindfulness work is really about looking at the nature of our mind, being able to to um, treat that with some kindness and with some investigation as opposed to all the judgment that many of us levy on, whatever we're doing in terms of performance, right? Um, it's, it, and, you know, that idea of, you know, Chesa Mahala's work, who was a, a psychologist at the University of Chicago, who really was one of the founders in the research around creativity. And you talk about the zone, right? You know, right. this idea that that's, that's where the epiphanies happen. That's where, you know, the spark occurs. It's not in the let's analyze this and get strategic. Not that that isn't important, right? But it's really a blend of those things. Of sure. Openness and ability to focus. So, so that's kind of how I get into it. Right. We play right, a lot right. of games. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sure. So you're a licensed psychologist and you incorporate art therapies into your practice. Trained and credentialed art therapists are regulated in many countries in at least 20 states. Michigan is not one of them. There are bills developing in Lansing to require licensure for art and creative therapy in our state, and that's legislation that Creative Washington supports. 
From your point of view, is certification and licensing important in this field? I do think it's important because I think what it does is legitimize a profession. Um, so uh, yeah, in that, and I'm not, I can't say that I've really followed that legislation well. So, uh, I'm speaking a little bit out of turn on that, but just the general principle, like natural paths are also, I believe not licensed in Michigan and in a holistic point of view in terms of medicine, those also would be a beneficial thing to legitimize. And then, you know, when you do that, you also have the ability for universities who are, you know, usually charged with the scope and sequence of preparing people for professions like that to be able to really, you know, develop a curriculum and say, yeah, these are these are the boilerplate things that people need to have under their belt in order to qualify for somebody who legitimately can call themselves an art therapist, a naturopath, a psychologist, right? Right, right. That's what we think as well. Um, so before we sign off, I want to ask, what do you do personally to find enjoyment and comfort in art and creativity? For myself? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um I'm, I'm big into poetry. Uh, I was very much into that when I was very young, and I don't know what it was. It's, it's, they're really just kind of downloads. I don't really, um, I don't sit down and go, oh, I got to write a poem or anything. So um, I'm very wordsmithy with language, and so poetry is definitely a place that I go to when things strike me or I'm kind of in a contemplative place or oftentimes actually trying to work something out, you know, in terms sure. of a problem. Um, that I, I dabbled some in drawing and painting. Interesting, just as a, as a story about my own life with my dad being an artist, um, I had always been kind of like reticent about the painting thing. And I don't think that judgment came from him. There's five of us in my ship, and none of us really took up the craft. Uh, but as he was actually towards his later months in life, um, I thought, geez, I, I would be able to like, learn how to draw from him. And I took an, a drawing class, a pioneer through adult ed. And um, then he got ill, fell, and I took my sketchbook with me back to where he lived in Pennsylvania. And I basically sat down with my dad in his last few months, helping him teach me how to draw. Well, that and must have been a fabulous reconnection. That's clinical psychologist Dr. Mary Spence. We've been talking about the beneficial use of art and creativity in mental health practices. Find out more about Mary and her practice at WEMU.org. You've been listening to Creative Impact. I'm Deb Pollack, President and CEO of Creative Washington, and your host, Matt Hobson, is our producer. Please join us every Tuesday to meet the people who make Washington Creative. This is 891 WEMU Ypsilanti Public Radio from Eastern Michigan University.